Hey there, Mama. Do you have a picky eater or two or three in your family? This episode's for you. I've got interview excerpts from an interview that we did way back when with occupational therapist Claire McCullough and another excerpt from an interview we did with Jessica Fisher of Good Cheap Eats. And they're both wonderful ladies who are covering different aspects of this. Occupational therapist Claire McCullough is going to cover the sensory side of things, and you'll be able to listen to her and discern whether or not there's a sensory component to your kids' picky eating. And Jessica, who's just a mom of lots of kids, just has some down-to-earth practical experience on how you can shop for, meal plan, and include your kids into the meal preparation so that it helps them with their pickiness. I hope you guys enjoy. I found both of these ladies to be just so wise and helpful. Hey there, Mama. This is True Presence, the podcast where Catholic moms like you and me learn to be embodied souls. St. Catherine of Siena said, be who you were meant to be, and you will set the world on fire. In the midst of hurry, worry, and social media, we're doing a 180 and focusing on real presence, communion, connection, natural living, and bringing eternity into our hearts and homes. I'm your host, Kelsey, and I'm so glad you're here. What about when it comes to food? How would you know if your child is a picky eater or if there might be a sensory component to their inflexibility with food? And what could you do to help them? Mm -hmm. Well, um, I would say that with the picky eater, if you can look at it from like a take a step back and think like, do I like as the parent, do I get stressed about meal times or whenever it's time to feed my child? Do I feel very limited in our ability to like go out to a party, go out to a restaurant? Like, do I get stressed about food when we're going out somewhere? To me, I think those are kind of clues that maybe you're doing a lot of compensating for your child or doing a lot of accommodation for them in order to eat. Because while kids are quote unquote, picky to some extent, you know, for picky eaters, it might be, but they only like a certain brand of chicken nuggets, or they only like them at a certain temperature or served on a certain plate. So that's one clue, I would say, taking the step back and look at as a parent, when you think about feeding your child in mealtimes, does it evoke like a stress or do you notice that you really restrict yourself? That might indicate that your kid's got a little bit more than just being a child who might have preferences. And then you said what to do to help them. Yeah. What, what are some strategies like, um, especially if they've got a very limited palate, what could help them to, uh, get used to new foods, new textures, um, anything that might be anxiety inducing when it comes to food. Mm -hmm. So I would dare say the number one thing that's helpful is involving kids in food prep and like just talking and being around food in a non-eating environment included. Because I think what happens is that once they are in that situation of like, there's this food on the plate, I know that means you want me to eat it. Then it's like, "Uh -uh." they just start to shut down. But if you have a garden and they're gardening with you and they're watering the tomato or helping to trim the, I don't know what vegetable you trim, you know, but... (laughs) If they're getting hands-on experience with the food and being able to become friendly with it prior to being asked to consume it, then I think it 
takes some of the edge off for them so far as eating goes. Would you say that's especially true with like babies? Like I've heard that it's good to let them play with their food, with their hands as much as possible. Right. Right. Yeah, definitely. Right. And to not force the issue. That's, um, I guess that's another component is to not force it. You know, I, I mean, my baby so far is pretty typical. So I am not at a point where I'm feeling that stress though, even just being a mom and him being a baby and a toddler who's starting to become more selective just by toddler, you know, ness, I do like notice like, Oh, what is he going to eat? What am I going to feed him? So then I have thought like, Oh man, yeah. Moms with kids with like picky eating or like problem feeders, you know, like that's not, that's really challenging for them. And that really can stress you out. So, and I know even when I've worked with kids in the past and families in the past with feeding, you know, it's like you talk to other professionals and it's like mothers have this innate desire to feed their children. Like that's a physiological, like true. I should be able to do this is what you tell yourself, you know? So I think it hits harder, especially for moms probably. So then there's like the temptation to just like, well, let's just make it happen and trying to force it or trying to sneak it or trying to trick them. But really that becomes counterproductive in the end. So accepting yeah, that it's probably a would break trust slow process. Right. Right. Yeah. You don't want to do that. So take so, your time, involve them in the process, get them right. touching the food and preparing it, gardening. Right. These are all good ideas. And one other thing that like when I learned this in regards to feeding therapy that I was like, I like it a lot is there's this concept of food chaining, which mm. is you effectively look at the foods that your child does accept and you notice the characteristics about them. So for example, if a child likes uh, crunchy foods and but they don't eat any fruit, maybe that they accept Cheerios. So then maybe I would try to give them banana flavored Cheerios to get them to the banana flavor. Then maybe I'd give them a banana chip, like a frozen one or whatever. And then maybe I'd do real banana or, you know, so also that like looking at what your child likes and kind of studying the characteristics and trying to do something that's very slightly different, very slightly different is crucial, but similar. I think a lot of it with kids is getting their buy-in. So whether that's including them in the meal prep, um, allowing them to even help plan the meals, right. Um, giving them some ideas of, okay, what, how, how would we fill half of our plate with vegetables? What kind of vegetables should we get? Right. And, and taking them through the grocery store and letting them choose. And it was really fascinating a few years, you know, it was a while ago, but, um, to we did a sugar fast a couple different times and the kids the younger ones were really wanting some dessert and I just took them to sprouts one night I said you can pick whatever fruit you want 
And I didn't care about the price. I just let them explore and do that. And so I think ownership is a really big deal for kids. They get told what to do all day long. And so that can be really challenging. So when they get some some autonomy and some freedom of choice, that can um, be very empowering for them. And you can work that into kind of finessing their eating habits. Um, I regularly revisit and kind of quiz them, you know, do you like this? Do you like that? Um, in one of my workshops called the mom's kitchen survival workshop, there's some, some checklists (laughs) to kind of ask your family, do you like this? Do you like that? And it's been fascinating to see how my kids tastes and preferences have changed over the years. Um, and just like us, we, we might, you know, you might go on like a rice bowl kick for a while and then you're bored of it. So we adults do the same thing. So, so it's not fair to, to be frustrated, but, but to communicate and make sure we're in tune with what our kids want to eat and then kind of explaining, you know, walking them through the process. Well, this is how much, you know, these are some items you know, going to the grocery store or just showing them what's in the pantry. These are some really affordable items that that help us save money so we can do, insert the thing that they want to do really badly that costs money. Um, so, so what do you think we should plan for our meals so that we can do that, that thing? Um, Those are great another, tips. <laughs> another strategy is um, to have meal plan theme nights where uh, weekly theme nights. So for instance, we typically have some kind of pasta dish on Mondays. We have tacos on Tuesday. We have pizza on Fridays. Um, This has evolved and changed over the years. Um, The pizza has kind of stuck for a long time. Um, But the picky eater knows what to expect. They're not wondering, what do we have on Friday? You know, am I going to get some weird surprise that mom conjured up? Or is this going to be something that I am familiar with or that I, I know that I don't like that thing, but at least I know it's coming so I can deal with it. Whereas that is such a good point. Anxiety <laughs> is such a, an right, undertone. to Right. The so if they know kids. Tuesdays is tacos and I'm just going to grin and bear it, right. They, they can prepare and, and deal with it. But if every night is a surprise, um, that's really, that's really rough on some kids, especially if they're feeling anxious about having to try something new or getting hassled at the dinner table, that kind of thing. If they know that there are some things that they can count on. Um, and likewise, just for a regular night, I would maybe have two or three different vegetable options. Um, so they could try something new, but then there was going to be that safe bet, you know? So we've gone through lots and lots of bagged bags of frozen green beans because <laughs> that's my safe bet. I know everybody likes that, but then I can do some asparagus or I can do something a little bit out of the ordinary and they can try it. But I also know they're going to be able to get their veggies that they like. Right. And so you can kind of comfort that anxiety level that way too. Love that. Thank you.